following presentation by Wealth Quarterback LLC, WQL, is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WQL or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of WQL's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.jalinski.org. Hey, everybody, this is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Ever heard of the financial junk drawer mentality? Today, I'll break it down for you, share how to clean up your junk drawer, and then we'll dive into a debate. Should you buy the iPhone 15 or invest in Apple stock? On this week's episode of the Financial Quarterback Podcast. The biggest problem with your financial plan and how to fix it. One of the biggest problems that I see today is what I call the financial junk drawer mentality. We make decisions with different people at different times. And by the end of these decisions, our life begins to resemble our favorite junk drawer in our house. I have many junk drawers. But first, let's talk about the problem. So think about this. Your two biggest purchases, right, are your house, your car, and the third, you could say college, right? For some reason, when people make the three biggest financial decisions of their life, they don't consult a financial planner. They don't consult a financial advisor. I'll talk to clients. I've had clients for 15 years. And I'll find out, oh, we bought a house. We, we moved to Florida. And uh, why? Uh, you know, we don't like uh, blue states anymore. We're going to red. We don't like the taxes in New Jersey. We're going down to Florida. I go, well, well you think you would want to call me before you made one of the biggest? Dis- no, because here's the thing. Everyone makes financial decisions emo- emotionally. Whether you are an accountant, an engineer, they're almost more dangerous because they use logic and numbers to reaffirm their emotions. Does that make sense? So they use an Excel spreadsheet to prove to their wife why they need that new car, why they don't need that new car, whatever. And you might be the wife and you might be the analytical engineer or accountant and your husband might be, you know, coming for the ride or whatever it might be. But The financial junk drawer problem is basically due to the fact we make decisions emotionally. And I'm a victim of it myself. I remember I put, talk about, you know, financial mistakes. I bought the ring for my wife because I had no money to propose to her. I basically used all my money from my job to buy the ring. And I really shouldn't have done it, but I love my wife and it, it paid off, you know. We got married, it worked out, but it didn't really, you know, it wasn't really a good financial planning move, but you go to a car dealership and you're going to say, I'm going to buy a $30,000 car and you don't buy enough $40,000 car. Or you go to buy, I'm going to buy a used car, $18,000, then you buy a 32. Even funerals, you know, buying a casket is an emotional thing. Getting married is an emotional thing. So those big purchases, weddings, funerals, college, car, home, ring, you sort of throw analysis out the window. Even 
you know, you can try to be a good person, try to be a good financial planner, but we all live by this financial junk drawer mentality. And even if you're really anal, really organized, you go to the car person for this, you go to your accountant for this, you go to your insurance person for this, go to your investment person for this, and you then begin to resemble a junk drawer, even if you're the most organized person in your world, because these strategies don't coordinate, they don't integrate, they're not effective. You have no financial game plan. I know some of the wealthiest people in the world, they make the most dumbest impulsive decisions. There was a story about Bill Gross's neighbor. Uh, you ever hear this story? Bill Gross's neighbor. Bill Gross had a feud with his neighbor. Bill Gross was the billionaire founder or chief investment officer of PIMCO, Pacific Investment Management Company. Literally, it got bought by Allianz. So there's a dispute over a $1 million outdoor sculpture at billionaire Bill Gross's Laguna Beach home, escalated with neighbor Mark Tofik, with both sides calling police, filing restraining orders, and having lawsuits, which probably cost more than the sculpture. So did Bill Gross consult his financial planner or financial modeler or financial team? No. Impulsively probably bought some nice statue. Then the neighbor didn't like it. Maybe it was an eyesore. And then engulfs this problem. And now he's probably going to have to spend more money because he's probably going to move just because he doesn't want to be near that person. So, so much of financial life is emotions. It's financial junk drawer. But why are we in the financial junk drawer? Even if you're, you're the most organized, analytical person, got it all together, you make decisions that one at a time with different people under different circumstances. You have different people calling different plays. They're not talking to each other. Talk to people. Well, why'd you buy that house in Florida? Well, you know, it was a good deal. I believe Florida real estate's going to go up. Well, do you know now you're gonna have a, you have to have a house in Florida and then they have to house, have a house in New Jersey because you're leaving the grandkids or whatever it might be and you're going to want to be, be able to see their little league games or whatever it is. So now you've just doubled your expenses just to avoid New Jersey taxes or whatever, wherever you live. California people moving to Nevada, moving to Arizona, moving to Texas. Then they go to Texas. Oh, it's too hot. I got to buy a house in Colorado now, deal with the Texas heat. So people don't think through the economic consequences of their decision because they don't have a model. Like the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones is the owner. You're the owner of your team. Your financial advisor is not the owner. Financial advisor is your play caller. So how do we do this? because you do not want to be that financial junk drawer. You know that drawer in your house. Everybody has one. I don't care how organized you are. You have one drawer you didn't organize. And if you're like me, you have many of them. And the more successful you are, the more you begin to acquire stuff and complexity. So the solution starts with a structural model. That is the only way you can organize your financial junk drawer. Okay, the periodic table of the elements is the model of the chemist, right? You know, I don't know what the guy's name was, Mendeleev. If, if you're a chemistry buff, 
you know, argon. We had this really boring chemistry teacher. We called them boron because it was so boring. Mr. D. Simone, wonderful guy. He was a wonderful man. And he was a teacher for like 40 years at Lacey Middle School. Guy was like a living legend. And he was a good teacher. I think, you know, when we did pulleys, did you have a chemistry teacher who did this to you? He made us like we did pulleys and people left him in the sky. Now, I think Mr. Boron actually played a joke on us. He made us as a class. He would take the, the smart Alec, we use the, the good word, smart Alec kid. And I wasn't that kid. I was more like the teachers, but I was a good kid. It's cool. And he would take the baddest kid and I think he knew they would leave him and tie him up. So they, they lifted Mr. Boron up and Mr. D. Simone, well, he's, he left an unforgettable lesson in pulleys. Imagine your eighth grade chemistry teacher, boom, he goes up and then he's left. And then the bell rings. And then Mrs. Somebody else, I forget what her name is. I want to say it was like Mrs. Stanek or Steinbeck or something. And she came in and untied him. So I think he, he like did it on purpose. So he was, he was probably way less boring than people gave him credit for. He had like a monotone voice, I think, but he was amazing. So Mr. Boron, we salute you. But I learned the periodic table of the elements from Mr. Boron. And never forget it. I actually liked that. I liked kind of rote memory. Okay. Uh, gold, auric, AU, you know, argon you know, silver, magnesium, whatever it is. A chemist would be nothing without the periodic table of the elements. That is like the Bible of the chemist. If you're a geneticist, you need DNA. That is your Bible. If you're a theologian, the Bible is your Bible. If you are in medicine, doctors are nothing without the CT scan, right? They need to scan things before surgery. But you come to the field of financial planning and nobody's got a periodic table of the elements. We have a model, a structural model. That is the solution to the problem of the financial juncture. We have a game plan. And the game plan lists what you do in every circumstance and what is, is. What's the play? Who are the players? So our approach uses principles, laws, and strategy and position the elements of your financial life in a more scientific manner. So financial planning is part art, right? It's part the designer, but it is part science too. I always thought it was art. It was somebody's opinion. But there are equations, there are laws of nature that cannot be erased because the Fed wants it to be erased. We're living in the consequence of economic laws. What happens when you print a lot of money? Dollars become worth less. Oh, well, you can say, well, uh, I went to the school of economics at, I don't know, I got my PhD in economics at 
Cal Berkeley and I'm an expert in modern monetary theory. Maybe you're smarter than I am, but I know for a fact the reason a pizza is 25 bucks now is because we printed money like a drunken seller in COVID. And there ain't nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. Because money became free, became cheap. You could sit at home, order pizzas. And then the pizza delivery guy said, you know what, I'm not going to charge 12 bucks anymore or cardboard with some Parmesan. I'm going to charge 25 bucks because Dave Portnoy is going to rank my pizza uh, 8.9. I one time went to the Ocean City, New Jersey boardwalk last week. I'll tell you, go to Ocean City, New Jersey. So my producer, Josh, have you ever gone to Ocean City, New Jersey and buy pizza? I have not. They have a place. The guy's pizza was so good, he went to jail. <laughs> Allegedly, you know, he didn't pay tax on his cash pizza business. And I think he did land in the slammer. But the government let him out every summer to pay his tax debt off because they made so much money because great pizza, Manco and Manco pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. If you know it, there are lines out there. They have the perfect amount of flop, perfect amount of crust. That would be like an 8.9 on my Richter scale. So you got $25 pizzas because of Portnoy and COVID and Trump and Biden. But the whole point is inflation is an economic law. There are macroeconomic principles at work that we don't go to school for economics because economics is kind of boring. But one of the simple points is when you have too much of something, uh, the value of it plummets. You know, if there are too many houses on sale in the neighborhood, what's going to happen? The value of those houses are going to decline. It's just a simple law, like a law of physics. There are laws of economics and there are laws that affect your financial picture. So our model incorporates those laws. Hey, this is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. We'll be back after these messages. Tune in to the financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski of the Jelinski Advisory Group and learn how to protect your financial future during these turbulent times. Looking to lower your taxes or need help securing your financial future? Then Josh and his team are the people for you. They're experts in financial economics with one mission in mind, to protect you and your investments. From their 27-point checklist to their one-of-a-kind financial quarterback approach, they help you achieve financial health and guide you through the hard times of high inflation, looming recessions, and stock market meltdown. For financial security, call them now, 888-988-5674, and get your free copy of Josh's book, The Retirement Reality Check. So what are the goals of our financial game plan? We want to organize your financial junk drawer so that you are organized. But you may say, well, I am organized. I don't need your financial game plan because I have uh, Excel. Okay, good for you. Do you have a rules-based plan for everything? Okay, maybe you do. Most people don't. Is your life optimized? And here's where I get the people who are straight-A students. If you're a good little boy and girl and you did the financial planning thing that's popular, you max out your 401k and you pay down your debt. 
Then when you're retired, you have all your money in the 401k and you're in the highest tax bracket of your life because you did what everybody else did because you didn't have a financial model that incorporated debt, that incorporated tax-free. It just relied on the wisdom of the financially organized people of the day. Optimizing. I heard this caller one time said, I'm trying to buy my dad's business and my dad's business is worth about a million and a half. How do I buy my dad out? If I was the dad's financial advisor, I would say, have your kid get a loan, have him feel the pressure that you felt, the gripping pressure that your wife might leave you and you might get divorced if your business fails so that you are working 20 hours a day to make that business a success. Don't do some earn out. Not my anti-debt to a point. I, I get it. But I'm pro the smart use of wise debt. You can use debt wisely. You can use it unwisely. I would tell my kids, you want to buy my business? Buy me out for the true business worth. Get a bank to verify it. Get a proper business license. Because what's going to happen? The other siblings are going to start complaining that you got some sweetheart deal from mom and dad. I mean, so to me, yeah, I don't like an 8.5% debt right now either. When the sister complains, let's say the brother buys out the dad. What about the sister who got screwed, who didn't get the business? She's going to say, well, you gave a discount and you didn't charge interest. So give me 500,000 more in the estate when I die or else I'm going to hate you for the rest of your life. But if, if you followed my model, which is structurally sound, you would have a proper business valuation. You would offer that to both siblings. They could buy it together. They could have different pieces of the business. And then they would have a debt that they would both sign off on so you see who's really serious. And what you realize is then if that son followed my journey, the sister would say, I don't really want any piece of that debt. I don't want any piece of that. So you can have, that's actually a gift that I don't have that headache. So the solution starts with a structural model. And there are six principles that we talked about, organized, rules-based, optimized, is your plan the most efficient from a tax perspective? Are you wasting a lot of money? Is everything measurable or is it just someone's opinion? And is your life coordinated, integrated? That's what a model will do for you. That's what a model will do for you. So what does a model look like? So imagine if you will, there are three filing cabinets in the middle of your house and everything's all organized. The first filing cabinet is labeled the protection filing cabinet. And it's a big purple filing cabinet. And there are nine drawers in that filing cabinet. What are those drawers? Car insurance, home insurance, liability insurance. A lot of people don't have liability insurance. They have no clue what it is. Uh, another word for it is umbrella insurance. Medical insurance, disability insurance, long-term care insurance, wills, and documents, trusts, and ownership agreements, and then life insurance. Those would be the drawers in your protection filing cabinet. Again, I get people who say, I got all that, Josh. You may be that person. A lot of people don't have all that. Or they have all that, 
and things are not integrated, coordinated. They're really not efficient and effective. Even me, Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, makes mistakes sometimes. I was cheap. So I went with the cheapest home insurance. I saw my good friend, Barry Shipper, who's a property and casualty expert. Everybody needs a good old school property casualty broker. And he said, do you know your cheap coverage is with a Florida admitted carrier? Here's the thing. You don't want a Florida carrier. It's because some of those insurance companies have less in reserves. You want an AM best rated property casualty insurer. So he was able to find me Andover Mutual, which is a mutual insurance for about the same price and way better coverage. So I'm not giving property casualty advice, by the way. I'm just saying, even if you're an expert in these things, there are things you don't know. It's not what you know. We, we live on the Jersey Shore. We live on the Jersey Shore, ravaged by Hurricane Sandy. A lot of people found out then their home insurance didn't cover X. You don't want to be in that boat. Oh, my uh, hurricane deductible was too high. Well, there are things you can do to make sure you're protected. That is why it's not merely enough to have the filing cabinet. You got to inspect that filing cabinet once a year. So first component of the model, protection. Second filing cabinet, savings, checking accounts, savings accounts, savings bonds, money markets, credit unions, CDs, tax deferred accounts, tax-free accounts. And then the third filing cabinet is the growth filing cabinet, government bonds, corporate bonds, municipal bonds, preferred stocks, growth securities, ETFs, blue chip stocks, collectibles, which Bitcoin would be classified as a collectible. Also, real estate is in my model. Also, business interests, tax shelters is in the growth filing cabinet. So the model has three main filing cabinets, protection, savings, and growth. I want you to think about the three words that make up the protection, savings, and growth model. Those three words are going to save you from a lifetime of financial heartache. Always think about this. How am I protecting my family? How am I protecting my financial future? Do you have enough disability insurance, life insurance? Do you have a will? Do you have a healthcare directive? All those things are incorporated into the protection grid. Number two, how am I saving my money for a rainy day? Am I getting the max tax benefit possible? And number three, how do I grow my money tactically and strategically in these uncertain times? And so always remember, protect, save, grow. Welcome back to Extra Points, where we tackle your financial questions, dive into current money matters, or explore what's buzzing in the financial world, all based on what you, our listeners, are curious about. Josh, what do we have today? All right. So with the new iPhone coming out this year, we got a question in, what do you think is a better investment? buying a new iPhone this year or taking that $800,000 and investing it in Apple stock? What a better deal, buying an iPhone 15 or investing $800 in Apple stock? It's kind of the age-old question. Do you buy the Tesla 
or do you buy Tesla stock? Do you buy the Apple or do you buy the Apple stock? Now, we're not recommending you buy or sell any stocks based on what we sell. Meet with your financial advisor or meet with our team at 888-988-JOSH. But here's the thing, folks. What would be better? Buying the thing or buying the stock that makes the thing? The debate is on. Should consumers buy the new iPhone 15 or invest that money in Apple stock? While the iPhone 15 boasts several new features, some financial analysts believe that investing in Apple stock might offer a better long-term financial gain than just buying crap that is new every year. Some of my richest clients, you know, they still have iPhone 6. Some have iPhone 1. You know, it's kind of like The Millionaire Next Door. There was a book called The Millionaire Next Door, and basically I found out that You know what? Most millionaires, they don't have that flashy car. They have the Honda Civic, the Toyota Camry. Maybe the same thing with gizmos and gadgets. The iPhone 15 starts at $799. And while it is enthusiasts, others argue that the stock, with its potential for growth, is a smarter choice. Let's first talk about the features of the iPhone 15. By the way, it's kind of funny because I'm in the market for a new iPhone because my screen is cracked and I don't really like the battery life. The iPhone 15 is very similar to previous versions, but has some upgrades. It starts at $799, but the Pro Max costs more than my first car, $1,199. New features include a USB-C port, a better zoom on the camera, and three-dimensional videos. iPhone 15 also comes in pink, if you like pink. Now, some experts believe that Apple products like iPhones lose value over time. That's not some experts. It's an actuality. It's like the old Bible verse. It's in Matthew. It's like the Sermon on the Mount. I want to say it's like 633. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break in nor steal. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Regardless of your faith, the words of Matthew 6, 19 through 21 are so powerful. Like, those are eroding factors on your money. Moth and rust is over time, things lose value. They lose their luster. That new Tesla you buy gets a scratch or a dent or a ding. The new iPhone, oops, you scratched the screen. Got some water damage. So even if you don't believe in God, you want your treasures to have a lasting value on the people you love, your family, and the causes you love. And you don't want to buy something that just ends up in a landfill or in a garage sale. But I get it. You know, our kids have numerous little toys, right? They have numerous 
gizmos and gadgets and stuff like that. Uh, but if you have not, you know, I think if you've not reached cash millionaire status or even million saved in the bank or in a brokerage account or in a 401k, you really should be focusing on keeping your consumption very low. So your iPhone loses value over time. Apple stock has gone up 25% in the last year. Angelo Zeno, CFRA Research, thinks it's better to buy Apple stock than an iPhone because the stock can grow in value. Ross Mayfield, a Baird analyst, agrees, saying products like iPhones lose value, but stocks can grow over time. Some people are keeping their old iPhones longer for now. And there's a new phone from Chinese company Huawei that might compete with Apple in China. In conclusion, the discussion between purchasing an iPhone 15 and investing in Apple stock hinges on your priorities. Do you want to be rich or do you want to be technologically savvy? The allure of the latest tech gadget versus the potential for long-term financial growth. While the iPhone 15 offers several enticing features, the potential returns for Apple stock, given its historical performance, make it a compelling consideration for those looking at the bigger picture. Hey there, listeners. Are you up against a financial obstacle or have a burning money question? Here's your shot to not get sacked. Get your questions answered live on the Financial Quarterback Podcast. Just dial 888-988-JOSH and leave us a message with your question. Or write us an email at info at financialquarterback.us. I might just answer your question live on the air. That's 888-988-5674, 888-988-JOSH. Or email us info at financialquarterback.us. Leave us a message and let me help create your game-winning financial plan. The previous presentation by Wealth Quarterback LLC, WQL, was intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WQL or any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that the future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy or any non-investment related or planning services, discussion, or content will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. WQL is neither a law firm nor accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. No portion of the video content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that he or she will experience a certain level of results if WQL is engaged or continues to be engaged to provide investment advisory services. A copy of WQL's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.jalinski.org.